Hi, I'm Tracy Minoknuku, the host of the Sexy Aging Podcast and author of My Menopause Memoir. I started my podcast to open up the conversation for women transitioning through menopause because nobody was talking about it. In my podcast, you'll have all your questions on midlife health, fitness, longevity, career changes, and relationships answered with some of the world's leading experts in these fields. Midlife is an amazing time to evaluate how you're going to live the second half of your life. I recommend you do this with a bit of sass and keep it sexy. You can find my podcast anywhere you tune in to listen to your favourite podcasts. Okay, so um, this is a completely different podcast episode today. My name's Tracy Minoknuku, the host of Sexy Aging, and I'm taking this, I guess, one-time opportunity to sit down and talk with my daughter. So she's sitting right here. In actual fact, we're sitting in her bedroom, lying on her bed, and we're going to talk about periods and perimenopause. So Jazz is 17. Hi, Jazz. Hello. <laughs> so it's not like your usual professional podcast episode, but anyway, we, we're just going to do this. We're going to keep it real. Keeping it real. Absolutely. So um, one of the things we've been talking about is how the differences between accessing information um, from when I was, say, 13, 14, about periods and how Jazz has accessed information and how her experiences quite different. So I'm going to just share a little bit about my experience when I was a teenager. I learned about periods, two sources, through my friends kind of comparing notes and muttering under their breath and talking behind their hands about periods so that the boys didn't hear or our dads didn't hear or I mean I don't even remember having a conversation in depth with my mum and then the formal training around periods was um, at school and it was really awkward because I was at a mixed school, mixed class, boys and girls and it was just freaking awkward and um, and that was my experience with periods. So I guess when I think about it, it's like I kind of have this um, relationship with periods where it wasn't positive. Um, obviously, it's kind of, it, there's parts of it that inconvenience, right? <laughs> but I didn't ever have a positive feel around being fertile <laughs> or being a human being that could give life to another human being. I never thought of it that way. Um, and so now I'm going to ask Jazz um, about her experience. So, you know, like, how did you get your information around periods? Well, actually, I remember when I was 11 years old, I think you gave me a book. Or you got me a book, no. I did got, the book. <laughs> you, you, you went for the book. But no, we did have a conversation about it before I even read the book. And I remember we were sitting on the couch in our old house and you were talking to me about it and you basically gave me the lowdown. Although, you know, I kind of had already started hearing things from my friends and stuff. Um, but okay, to be honest, I felt kind of awkward then. But now it's, it's, I, I feel like, I don't know, I don't have a filter. So when I'm with Ooh. my friends, I... <laughs> it's my daughter, no filter. <laughs> like, I have no issue telling them any um, TMI details, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to hear about the TMI, um, because that, this is the unique difference between when I was a teenager and, and you now. Um, you're a young woman, I think, you know, getting close 
past the teenage years for sure. But, you know, like when you say TMI details, like what kind of details are we talking about? Okay, so we're talking about TMI. Like when you say that, like what kind of things do you actually talk about, you girls? Um, well, I guess all of the hormonal issues that come with getting your period, the extensivity of cramps often yeah, because um, I get them really bad and um, some people that I'm really close friends to with get them really bad as well. Um, but then also the kind of like bloody, dirty stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it's never really been a problem. I think also because now I'm going to an all-girls school, there definitely is a big factor in play there because there just aren't males around. Like, nobody has an issue talking about it, you know? Yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's um, go with that, that males, boys, dads and stuff. So like, how comfortable are you talking about your period with, say, um, dad? I'm not uncomfortable. I don't really care. Um, I know you you probably know that because I'll leave my tampons any which way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all over the bathroom floor. They're on the shelves. Um, they're in your bedroom. They're in my bedroom. I'm like, I don't even need them. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, I just come to you with most things anyway. So, and it's not like I have that much to complain about. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what's really interesting is when I think about I I don't think I ever spoke to my dad about my periods. Like, he probably wouldn't want to know. So just a little um, background, my dad is Scottish and he's also quite stoic. So that's woman's business in his eyes. And so, yeah, I don't remember ever sharing anything, even, you know, the bad cramps. And I would have cramps as well, the same as you, and I would be vomiting at times. So um, because I was dilapidated quite a lot with my period pain um I was put on the pill the um the contraceptive pill to help manage my hormones and that you know around that time of the month so that really really helped and um you're in a similar situation yeah Mm. so you also had sort of extreme cramping and flooding and yeah. The whole skin thing. The whole yeah. skin thing. Yeah, but I wouldn't succumb to yeah. <laughs> contraception just to help your skin no, issues. It was, it was it was actually when I was getting 28-day-long periods. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. No, that was, that was crazy because that was getting really expensive as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and every week you're telling me, can you pick up some more pads and tampons? And I'm like, what? How often are we, are we having periods? So, um, yeah, it was, it's really good that we're able to talk so easily about it. And um, what about your friends? Do they have quite a open relationship with their mums talking about periods? I would say so, yeah. yeah okay, especially so... my girlfriends at school because they spend most of their, you know, it's just them and their mums. So. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I feel like also just being surrounded in a, like, very female-based community, like at an all-girls school it's just but to be honest I didn't have that much issue with it either when I was at a mixed school so yeah like it was it was almost something that the girls would use to tease the boys because <laughs> like <laughs> you know you can watch them squirm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they know that they need to be um 
self-aware and uh, empathetic, but at the same time, they kind of don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Okay, so let's get on to me. <laughs> um, perimenopause. Um, so, okay, this I'm throwing Jazz completely off a bridge here and asking her without any rehearsal, Jazz, what do you know about perimenopause? Well, I know that it is when it is the end of the reproductive cycle. When um, the, uh, I I suppose you could say, the um, reproductive organs in females can no longer, or slowly stop producing viable eggs. And the result of that is obviously an off-throw in balance of hormones, which, taking this from level three bio shadow NCAA, (laughs) um, is actually um, caused by the hypothalamus over and under producing different kinds of hormones. Basically, that ends up causing a whole bunch of different symptoms. Okay, stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about the symptoms. So Jazz is, you've probably picked up that she's at an all-girls boarding school, so she's not with us all the time. Um, I will say something really funny, though, is... um, I notice that when Jazz comes home for the holidays, I might go weeks and sometimes months without getting a period. But then when Jazz comes home, I will get a period. And I'm like, damn it. I thought I was close to post-menopause because menopause is actually just one day when you haven't had your period for a year. But because Jazz keeps coming home, it's not stopping. It's like hanging out with Jazz is keeping me um, fertile. No, not really. (laughs) No more babies in this household. Okay, so let's let's you know let's talk about the symptoms. So, Jazz, um, what symptoms have you noticed in your dear old, beautifully aging mother? <laughs> um, well, there would be the heat fl- the heat flushes, the lack of sleep. Mm. That that would be a big one, mm-hmm. um, because you know that's always something that you've been like keeping up with and. We always hear about it, and well, let me check my watch. Oh, only four hours of REM sleep tonight. <laughs> like REM, REM. Sorry. Good listening. <laughs> um, so there was that, and then there was also the aftermath, which was even if you didn't tell me, you know, I only got two and a half hours of REM sleep tonight. I would have been able to tell because you're. Very upset and emotional over a tissue on the floor. <laughs> no. Oh dear. Um, no, but yes. um, no, I was, yeah. and I am. I still am. It's still. I mean, it's not as bad because you know, hello HRT. But yeah. Um, any other symptoms that you could pick up on me? Um, definitely mood fluctuations. <laughs> mm. But to be honest, I feel. Up until you started, well, not, and obviously it wasn't up until you started talking about it that you were getting those symptoms, but like it, you became a lot more open about it when you started doing your research into it. And before that, I couldn't really tell, or I don't, I I guess I didn't really have an idea of what was, you know, going on, but I didn't really have a, I, I didn't, you did a good job of masking it. Yeah, I think it's because I actually didn't know. Yeah. what was going on so that's the issue is like I had no one else to talk to about mm. you know what was happening to me and I felt really sort of alone and didn't had never heard about menopause no one had spoken to me about it so 
whatever I was masking was just me really struggling with um, trying to figure it all out. Um, but once I knew what it was, and then I could, you know, try and tweak some things in my lifestyle and get some support from my GP, then I think that just was a game changer. And actually, to be honest, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've mentioned I'm on HRT, but being able to talk about it has been the best thing. So what I'm really excited about is that when Jazz comes to this moment in her life, when she comes into, you know, perimenopause, that she's going to know exactly what's happening and how to manage it and that makes me really happy. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, Jazz. Because as a 17-year-old girl, I know pretty much everything about perimenopause. <laughs> You've lived it. <laughs> You've lived with it. <laughs> um, yes. So thanks, Jazz. I really appreciate that we could sit down and have this chat. Me too. Yeah. So, ladies, men, everyone, this is for everyone. Non-binary people. Non-binary, <laughs> trans, LGBTQ, yeah, like all of the, all the, all the letters um, it's time to talk. So, you know, let's talk. My Sexy Aging Lifestyle course is officially live and online at www.sexyaging.com. Subscribe and use the podcast listener's discount code SEXYAGING10 to learn all you need to know about changes in hormones and what you can do about it. There's lots of fitness training and nutrition advice and downloadable PDFs to set you on the right path to feeling sexy.